listening to, I don't know, you're, <laughs> you're listening to We Don't Want to Wait, a zombie podcast with Robin and Steph crossover event. Yeah, for marshmallows. I'm Stephanie. And, and I'm Robin. <laughs> you remember what a marshmallow was or was, was what, what uh-huh. hung you up there? I, I don't okay. know. I thought I, I was trying to think of something else to say. <laughs> Anyway, hashtag love forever here. Um, uh, hashtag. I, I, by the way, uh, an update from last week. Um, I did not get any sort of tweets defending Piz. There are no Piz defenders out there. So neither did I. Yeah. So, oh well. I guess everybody just agrees with us that uh, he serves no purpose, and like, we just do not see the chemistry at all. Yeah, I don't get it. Okay, we're talking about episodes, uh, season three. Excuse me, 11, 12, 13, and 14. That is Poughkeepsie, Tramps, and Thieves. There's got to be a morning after peel, post-game mortem, and Mars bars. Mars bars. Okay, and uh, as far as I can tell, this is a piz-free week, so we don't need to get any discussions about uh, how little chemistry there is that they're trying to force upon us. Yeah, or, you know, what's the point of piz? What is the point of piz? Um, so Poughkeepsie Tramps and Thieves, written by Diane Ruggiero. Uh The summary is Veronica is hired by Max to find the girl he loves, but she turns out to be an escort. Meanwhile, the writers can't seem to just let Veronica and Logan be happy. That's my summary. Uh, I'm sure the <laughs> official IMDb description is different, but uh, that's what I wrote. Um, so go ahead. Um, I'm, I just think it's funny. Uh Okay, this was 07. We went to Comic-Con in 2010. Which which year did you go? 2010. 10? Yeah. Okay. And I remember people saying that there were more prostitutes at Comic-Con than like any other event. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh I didn't I didn't see any. I mean, were they in costume I mean, or were they dressed I mean, as I don't know if I would it was just like rumors. It was just people talking. Okay. So, I didn't see any. <laughs> I guess we had to go to the BSG room. <laughs> oh. Uh, well, be- oh, sorry. We, Ooh, we- I said I was going to get that on my system. Well, you got more, uh, apparently. Um, <laughs> let's go. Let's start with the uh, murder of the dean first. Um, so we have the lampoon writing about being egged, and um, Weevil mentions how the dean's window is egged, and Keith goes to get details he's trying to work the investigation lamb is annoyed with him um but i think my favorite part of this whole section of the episode is when veronica comes home joking and keith isn't very jokey because he's looking over uh the the police report and do you remember what he says i finally got the police report on the Dean's suicide. <laughs> remember he sings it? No. You don't remember that? Oh my god. No, I don't remember that. Oh it, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Uh he she she basically tells him to kind kind of cheer up or whatever he's doing is shouldn't be, you know, that depressing, but that's so he just sings that that line out. <laughs> Apparently Enrico uh Tony um had nine different versions of that song. So uh, you'll have to go back and appreciate it. Okay. So they did like nine takes. He did it nine different yes. ways. <laughs> uh. um, so Veronica tells Keith about uh, Niche and the Lilith house. And he says, uh, you know, he's going to have to go to the school and 
talk about it and she jokes about him going undercover as a student and how they don't do Daniel Boone hats or or peace jackets anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Keith, a uh, little bit of foreshadowing here, puts on his uh, old police uniform. I know. Uniform. Yeah. That was something. Mm-hmm. I love that Veronica gives him a boom box and talks about how he's his tearaway <laughs> pants. <laughs> because it's like, here, this is the only reason you would be dressed up in a sheriff's <laughs> uniform, you know, from now on is uh, if you were going to be a male, you know, if you're going to be a stripper. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he, he tries to, and this is another one of those, I was wondering if you're going to be like, ooh, questionable, you know, questionable investigation tactics, pretending to be a police officer. Oh, yes. I was afraid for him. I mean. Not even police tactics, he, uh, investigatory uh, uh, tactics. Yeah. Is this against the law? Because like. Very much. Yeah. Points out, you know, this is probably against the law. You're, inve- you're impersonating, impersonating an officer. Mm. See, I just don't know what exactly impersonating an officer consists of. Like, can you put on, like, how, okay, how do male strippers get away? (laughs) (laughs) How are they not impersonating an officer? Or or is it flashing a badge and saying, I am a police officer? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Like, if you're dressed up as Mm -hmm. one as a costume and you're not. I don't know, trying to act like a police officer. I'm sure it's okay. Mm -hmm. I I mean, if you're walking around every day as a police officer, things might, you might get uh, talked to, but if it's uh, like a Halloween or a costume party. um, Yeah. A few years ago, we had a, uh, like a really popular youth minister from our area was arrested for, uh, he was pulling people over and saying that he was a police. Like, that's so weird. (laughs) Um, That's weird Uh (laughs) So Keith gets a bit shouty with these girls And that's when Nish steps out And um, calls him on his BS And says she Didn't egg the Dean's window She egged the Dean's Volvo And so it's like Volvo there Yeah in in a previous episode We there was a quick little scene Of the wife coming to the school And switching cars With him or something he had to it carry like his son's no drum deal. kit because in the van while she drove the Volvo upstate to Sacramento to, to bone the, the teacher mm-hmm. or to be boned by the teacher. Is that the per- correct terminology? Well, now th- that's the well, that's the one where she went with her part with her work partner, and Keith said that the uh, the dean needed to work on his gaydar. Right, right. But it, it it was in the end to go get boned by Landry. Oh, okay. But anyway, the the button on this whole thing right now is you know like oh, Mindy may be lying, and also we get a little funny um, beat where Keith and Lamb pull up to a traffic light at the same time, and Keith just kind of waves at him. Oh, that was great. <laughs> I, I'm, it, it seemed a little out of character for Lamb not to immediately pull him over, but you know. <laughs> All right. Well, I just think it was. Fu- I think it was like it was funny because it was like Lamb is disoriented. He doesn't, <laughs> you know, like what am I seeing? Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the girlfriend experience. Um, we have um, Max, who is so upset about this girl leaving to go get married that he's probably going to take a bath as blow dryer. He says she's from Poughkeepsie. They hit it off at the comic con. Um, 
And her name's Chelsea. They met at BSG panel and uh, they spent the night, but they didn't frack. <laughs> <laughs> they, they chatted. And then, and she left her information by the bed, but he dropped her off at the airport. And when he got back, the maid had cleaned the room and the information was gone. Right. And he also um, get, then get a, gets a call from her or a text from her saying, um, you know, forget about me, whatever, I'm getting married. And he mm-hmm. showed it to his roommate who deleted it. And right there, I was like, okay, wait a second. I wasn't suspecting the roommate <laughs> for some reason. I was suspecting him of like making up a story just so he can track some girl down. You know, I don't have any of this evidence here about this girl. Uh, my roommate deleted it. It's kind of like my dog eat my homework. But, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I guess the roommate really did delete it because uh, uh, it turns out that uh, his roommate, Brian, and his friend, Fred, um, got got him a hooker. <laughs> Um, I will mention about Brian, surprisingly, uh, played by Richard Keith, uh, who was the showrunner for a couple of CW shows that have been canceled. Um, yeah, from 2015, a show called Significant Mother. And just okay. recently, that show, uh, Life Sentence. So the, the roommate is played by like a producer, a guy. I'm, I mean, I'm sure he was an actor back then, but, you know, he was also a writer. Life sentence. Yeah. Which what was it? Was uh, the girl that uh, I think she has like a year to live or something like that, and or she thought she was going to die and then decides to turn everything around. It was like oh, a, was it? What's her name? That girl from Pretty Little Liars. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, he was a showrunner showrunner of that. So I was pretty surprised. Oh. You know, looking up these little bit parts in IMDb, I, I, I sometimes get a surprise. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I'd never heard of Significant Mother, but apparently it was a, a summer show. Yeah, I never heard of it. Kind of like that one show that you liked that um, disappeared really quickly. But <laughs> well, oh, oh, about the the world was coming to an end. Yeah, yeah. Well, also something that we've got to watch. I mean, I don't know if you got to watch it. <laughs> But I want to watch it. Bless this mess. Uh huh. What's that? With Dak Shepard. Dak Shepard and what's her name that's in Children's Hospital? Lake Bell. She made them. Leah. Yes. Oh, I guess yes. you're right. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, like they move from New York to like Oklahoma and buy a farm. And when they get there, the house doesn't look anything like the pictures. Mm-hmm. So they have. Uh, so it looks cute. Is it Shit's Creek? <laughs> Uh, All right, so so yeah, so Veronica breaks the news to Max that um, the girl was a hooker. So let's see, they decide to go on the internet and try to search, and you know, first the the name that they have, Chelsea, turns up to be a guy, Um, and then like search by preference, and Max says Mila Jovovich with a B cup. And Veronica, how did people find sex before there was an internet? <laughs> so it breaks it down to Fiona and Lizette. And so it ends up with uh, Veronica, Logan, and Max waiting for hookers. There's a little bit of drama there. We'll, we'll talk about that at the end. That's a part of my why do the writers hate us uh, monologued. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, <laughs> like, I love Lizette shows up and she's like, oh, uh, well, there's two of you. I'm going to need more money. And and Max says, no, it's not her. And she tries, he, you know, Veronica's like, okay, I'll see you later. And Logan's like, hey, wait a second. This is kind of wasteful. 
Uh, then Fiona shows up and it is Chelsea. And it turns out that actually her name is Wendy. And it's funny. Whenever I hear about like a prostitute named Wendy, I immediately think of Breaking Bad. <laughs> I'm like, oh, is that, is that what, when, is that Wendy before like hitting all the meth? Uh, <laughs> Oh, we need like the the uh, ATM. Uh, okay, yeah. uh, it's what's her name? The uh, like we you know who she is? Uh, I don't know. Like she's got she's a famous actress. Oh, she is. And she? I don't remember oh, from anything. This is boring, people. I'm sorry. That's okay. Breaking Bad. I seriously suggest what, listen to us on 1.5. We're gonna be like chatterbugs. Um, but she, uh, <laughs> she's played by Brienne Davis. Um, Brienne, um, she's cute. Yeah. She was in Dawson's Creek season five in the first episode, the Boston Bostonians. She played Ashley, the hot assistant. <laughs> that was the character's name. Um, I'm not sure if it was the whole Pacey getting a goatee and working the stocks, uh, plot that she was a part of or what? I, I don't know. But I guess she's now in a History Channel show called Six, like a SEAL team kind of thing. Yeah. I'm sorry. This is not who I was thinking Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so they all settle down um, to have kind of a strange double date. And I think this is where they're watching Sense and Sensibility. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, they're eating popcorn. Uh-huh. So um, Max is wondering how they can make Wendy disappear. And so Veronica comes up with a very questionable plan. She's going to blackmail a judge. <laughs> Okay, that's another thing. What? I was like, wait, why are you committing a crime? Yeah, for this girl, like, and a judge. I, and also, it's just like, okay, like, she she doesn't say, oh, yeah, Judge Kramer, like, beats the heck out of me and swore me to silence. It sounds like Judge Kramer uh, likes tickle fights and likes to walk around in her shoes. So he's got his kinks. He's using, uh, you know... Even though it's illegal, it is, you know, a business to uh, satisfy those kinks. He's not hurting anybody, yet he's going to – Veronica is going to make this judge pay to get Wendy out of this job that she wants to get out of. And it's not even like the judge's – it's not even the judge's fault that she's in this predicament. She's just like – he's just like one of her wealthier customers, so it's going to make a dent – uh, to the uh, to the pimp. So anyway, the pimp sends a beaten hooker, and Dale Dickey is who I was thinking. Oh, really? <laughs> Dale yeah. Dickey. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, so so the beaten hooker has to uh, leave with Wendy, and Max gives her money that she owes her pimp, and he mopes. And I love Veronica's like you'll always have Comic Con. <laughs> And she notices a towel has some purple makeup on it, and it looks like it was like a big setup. Um, and Max says, "I am an idiot," and Veronica says, "No, Wendy is the idiot. And now we must crush her." <laughs> so this is where she decides to blackmail. Okay, so she blackmails the judge. Okay, mm-hmm. this is when she. Okay, so she came up with the blackmail idea. They didn't pull it off because the beaten hooker shows up. Now she's like, "Okay, this girl must pay." So now I'm going to blackmail this judge to get this thousand dollars that max got scammed out of by wendy and hurt right. the pimp by taking wendy's best client away again not the judge's fault at all <laughs> he's he just likes tickles and likes to walk around in in, in you know women's shoes i just feel bad for this judge 
<laughs> I mean, I don't I don't necessarily feel bad for the judge. I I'm just like you can't commit a cr- two wrongs don't make a right. right. It doesn't matter if the judge broke call, you know is paying prostitutes or not. You can't break the law just because he's breaking the law. Exactly. And I find the judges breaking the law like a victimless crime, especially if it's like, you know, she's providing a service and the service doesn't, you know, she is apparently consensual in this service and, you know, it, it, it gets done. Meanwhile, like she's ripping, apparently she's ripping Max off for money. This pimp is uh, beating up their, their hookers, but then also maybe perhaps, perhaps running a scam operation, scam operation. And the revenge is to take it out on the judge just to hurt the pimp. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. I'm going to talk this to death. (laughs) So uh, Max asked Veronica, if he wants to join him for the uh, pickup, they're going to, they're going to get the $1,000 out of this bus station locker. And they go to the bus station locker, and it is a note that says, Go outside, get in a limo, or Wendy gets hurt. Why does Veronica go? <laughs> what the heck? I don't know. As far as she knows right now, I mean, I can understand Max. Max is ruled by his heart. He probably doesn't want to think that she actually did rip him off. Um, she's, you know, he's, he was about to throw a hairdryer in her top. Why does Veronica go? Does, I mean, does, I just don't get it. <laughs> it's really dangerous. And uh, we this is a, this is a moment we needed uh, the armed guard from Logan to, to step in. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it turns out the pimp is a girl. Uh, she calls herself an agent, and um, and she wants money for the braces that she bought for Wendy, uh, tattoo removal she got for Wendy, clothes, housing. It turns out the grand total is $10,000, and Max agrees. So um, Wendy moves in with Max. Uh, there's this whole thing where it's like like Weevil recognizes her. Mm-hmm. She was a dancer. Uh-huh. And you know, I don't, and it's like Max slowly getting just more and more disturbed by this. But it's just like, what did what did you expect? I mean, Weevil didn't yeah. come up and like went, "Oh, you were a fantastic lay the other night." She, he was like, "I saw her dancing. She's awesome." <laughs> yeah, uh. yeah. Because we go from, "Oh, we feel sorry for Max because his friends felt sorry for him because he's a virgin and they got him a stripper yeah. and he fell in love with a stripper and." Uh, oh, she really likes Max. Yeah. Oh, she Max is gonna have to pay a lot of money to get her out of that life. Oh, also, yeah, no, uh, and, Max and, is gonna get. You know, it's a roller coaster. It's a very dramatic roller coaster, up and down, of all these different emotions that you feel for Max. You, you know, you feel sorry for him, mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, now he's like okay. getting his toenails painted by her, but he's still like, I'm reading a book, and I'm gonna be sullen. Like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about that she was a prostitute. Yeah. You know, my friends are my friends are making fun of me because she was a prostitute. Well, uh, yeah, she you can't, like it's that whole thing of um, uh, um, I like you even though you've got a past, right. but now I'm mad that you've got a yeah. past. Yeah. Um, and you know, Max might you know he's I'm assuming a freshman or a uh, sophomore in college, and uh, and um, probably isn't. Uh, very mature at this point, but still, it's kind of disappointing to see it go this way. Yeah, but that's you know something that you see in television a lot is the oh I'm falling head over heels, but now ten seconds later I'm mad because you I'm jealous because you've got a past. Yeah, well, even my daughter in the other room is 
crying over it. <laughs> if you can hear that. <laughs> Actually, folks, uh, she doesn't want to go to bed, and mommy's making her go there. So I know it's so weird. Go to bed, kid. Bad. Because it's wonderful. Sleep is wonderful. <laughs> so anyway, uh, they end up breaking up. Max gets $1,000 in folded singles, and it's like... I don't know. I don't feel bad for you at all, Max. You really screwed that up. You're an adult and you're an idiot and uh, I don't know. Whatever. You're basic. Okay, so <laughs> let's move on to the last part of this episode and I titled this Love Drums. Um, so yeah, the hooker. Okay. So this is, this is where the hooker has started uh, Veronica wondering about Logan's past. Have you ever slept with a prostitute? Mm-hmm. You know, right now's the time to tell me. I, w- I want to be a cool girlfriend. I'm understanding. Just lay it on. Also, out of freaking nowhere, Madison Sinclair shows up looking for Dick. Well, no, she's not. Okay. She doesn't. Yeah, I know. Everybody assumes she is. Veronica assumes she's looking for Dick. Yes. But she comes in and she's like, oh, y'all are back together. Oh, well, let me go find something to find today. Yeah. That's just about all right. Veronica thought she was looking for Dick with a capital D. Whereas <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, uh, Logan and Veronica Bone. And afterwards, uh, they're snuggling to – and through the, through the scene, uh, plays the uh, song A Thousand Kisses by Leonard Cohen, which is another thing they uh, recycled in iZombie. I didn't even realize when it happened. But hmm. this like really like kind of you know beautiful – you know, he's got his low voice, you know, singing. Um, that also played in the episode Fifty Shades of Grey Matter when um, – Peyton has found out who Blaine really is, you know, mm. after really, you know, after, after having a snog with him. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a really good song. Um, so Veronica wants to know about the hooker or hookers that he's been with. And he says he doesn't trust her. And she says they, if they just both come clean, they can move on. And so Logan's like, ask away. And she says, have you ever been in with a hooker? And he looks at her and he says, no. And I love that. He just kind of smiles and it's like, all right, is she just going to trust me? Is she just going to drop this and trust me? And uh, it, it seems she does all right for then, for for, for, for now. But um, and then she asks about Mercer getting back and forth from Mexico. And he says he must have passed out. I'm not sure if this is like the writers going, oh, shoot, there's that one thing we didn't cover when we wrapped up the Mercer thing. So let's uh, let's cover it in this, you know? This is one question that's still on the fans' minds. Maybe it's still in Veronica's mind. Well, d- but didn't she say, okay, did you sleep with, were you with anybody else while we were broken up? And he said no. Well, he, Isn't that correct? He says uh, he was with Beach Girl. He tells her about Beach Girl. Oh, that's right. And uh, so he had the opportunity to come clean about Madison, Madison, yeah. but he did not. Now I'm not sure when Aspen happened. So they said the holidays, and now I'm not sure where in the year we are. <laughs> I'm assuming it's in. The, um, we're in like March. Aren't we or at something? Valentine's Day? Because in Mars bars, she was like, "Yeah, you caught me. Uh, got myself oh, thrown in the yeah. slammer to avoid the holiday." Yeah, the scavenger hunt was also Valentine's Day re- related. So the Madison thing was only like uh, like a month or so ago. So okay. interesting. So yeah, Veronica buys lingerie, sees Madison there. She says she hooked up with Logan over the holidays, and he's not so big on one pieces. 
and Veronica is sad. And then I fall to my knees and I scream to the skies, why? Why must you do this? Why? Oh my God. I was so happy that he came clean about um, the beach girl and she was okay mm-hmm. with it and she moved on. But the writers are like, no, 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 no. We want these guys not to be happy. So what would make Veronica so ridiculously upset? And he sleeps with somebody that she pretty much hates and despises. Because she spat in her, spat her. In her drink, yeah, and uh, wrote whore or slut. Yep, what, slut. What she wrote slut because whore took up too much space. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the worst thing. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I, I, I felt like they were, the, the they were break, they were going to break up. That it was inevitable because they've just been having too many problems. Yeah, but. Who's causing these problems? Is it Logan? Is it Veronica? No. It's the writers. <laughs> and I'm really <laughs> mad at them. Because <laughs> they're like, oh, we really want to get this piss thing going. So, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he's up in Madison. It happened, it happened before. It happened before. We just, you just didn't, it just didn't happen on the show. But it happened before. Sadie's pissed. <sighs> She's upset about the garage door. <laughs> You know, it's not like it doesn't happen every day. But anyway. Okay. Shall we move on to the next episode? So they're going to go out. He's dressed up. She comes in. Is this the next episode or is this still this episode? Uh, Oh, the episode ended. So, okay. Yeah, we go to the next episode. Let me me, me do my official thing here. The episode's called There's Got to Be a Morning After Pill. No, Morning After. There's Got to Be a Morning After Pill. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or is this the morning after? No, the morning after is the song. Uh, It's the morning after. There's got to be a morning after Pete. A story by Jonathan Moskin and David Moulet. It's teleplay by Jonathan Moskin and Phil Klemmer and John Embaum. While visions of Madison and Logan plague her psyche, Veronica tries to find out who slipped Bonnie a morning after pill. Meanwhile, the Dean's murder case slowly trudges along. (laughs) Anyway, um... All right, so I, I again, I didn't, I didn't um, write these in chronological order. I, I saved the love drums for the end of the episode. So let's just go to okay. So the first thing I like to get out of the way is the Dean's murder stuff because at this point I'm getting pretty bored of this. Just like okay, eggs and I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, um. So so we have Keith and backup going to Mindy's. There, he's he wants to ask about that minivan. So we set up that Mindy lives nearby. Okay. Okay. Um, so Keith is wondering, like, who is lying to me? Is it Niche who said she egged a Volvo or is it Mindy saying, oh, no, you know, they traded vehicles? And mm-hmm. Veronica also discovers there's another, uh, not eyewitness, earwitness, a kid named Anthony Martin that she finds out on uh, Tim, Tim Foyle's computer. And so she talks to him. And this is the kid, actually, that uh, offered uh, Mac whiskey. At the uh, Spitnags oh, party okay. there. Rob mm-hmm. Thomas liked him and decided to bring him back to play this little character. Um, so he assumes that um, – well, okay, no. He he heard a gunshot. He's got no idea what time. But he knows he went back. He got back home and he watched Space Ghost with Terry Jones on it. And mm-hmm. that they, he's very specific about this because that is an episode that Rob Thomas wrote, by the way. It's an episode of Space Ghost called Explode if you want to oh. look it up. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, Space Ghost was a big college. You know that 
Adult Swims, yeah. College Age. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Veronica uses that info to discover it was about 2.20 in the morning when he heard the shot. And uh, Mindy calls and says – calls Keith, says there's somebody downstairs. Keith darts over and Richard Grieco is there looking for stuff to pawn. And um, there's a big argument and he ends up uh, promising his kid that he's going to take him to a Lakers game and then grabs the flower vase and walks out. <laughs> but um, in the end – uh, well, actually, yeah, the dean's kid. We we see the dean's, you know, real son. He's there. He looks kind of like a a metalhead or something, and mm-hmm. uh, he's looking pretty angry. So I'm assuming it's because of his father's murder, not not anything else. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the big thing is Keith goes to the garage while Mindy's helping put everybody to bed, and uh, he finds the Volvo with eggshells and the windshield wiper. Mm-hmm. So if Mindy is a crook, is a murderer, um, she is pretty dumb. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, okay, so we go on to the case of the slipped RU486. This <sighs> case. <laughs> okay. This is disturbing. I don't like this at no. all. Like, if they wanted this show to be lighter. To go with Gilmore Girls more, like rapes and abortion, uh, morning after pills, you know, against your will. Yeah, and, that's crazy. I mean, this is awful. This is a this is a like one of the most egregious like crimes that I mean, and the way it's handled. I mean, it's pretty. It, it 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 the crime is pretty sickening, and it seems like I don't know. I don't know. Like if I had a baby inside of me and I had accepted that I was going to give birth to it and then, you know, just for like a day, she found out I was pregnant, you know, and then somebody slipped me a more like that's such like a violation, you know, and, you know, whether you believe, you know, when life exists, if it is, it, is it at immediate, immediately after conception is after three months, six months, whatever. It's still, uh, yeah. it takes a choice right you away. Take it- <laughs> Yeah, you take it upon yourself to make these life decisions mm-hmm. for somebody, and it's just so weird. I didn't like. I hated this. I hated uh, it. Um, but so, I mean, I'm glad that they did something. Just like with Richard Grieco, I'm glad that they did something else with the character. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that there's more to it uh, because you know we saw Tim Full's girlfriend. They got into it at the party because she was coming on to Dick. Yeah. It, was it? Yeah. yeah. And there's a whole, like, you know, it throws a bit of shade on his personality, the way he reacts to that. Like, he just freaks out and screams. So it's, and then we hear this roommate talking about how sweet he is and how many good things that he did for her and proposed and all this stuff. So, so it's like, oh, is that all made up? Because she's actually the one that, I don't know. Why was he, why was she vouching for him so hard when, she mm-hmm. was the one that did it. By the way, uh, this girl, uh, I forget what the character's name is, but she's played by uh, Tony Trucks. That's that's her name. And she stars with David Boreanaz right now on SEAL Team. <laughs> oh, right. yeah. wow. Another one of those David Boreanaz slash Nathan Fillion shows I swear I'm going to catch up with. But uh, yet I still watch The Rookie every week. So at least I'm keeping up with one of them. But I did watch Castle week to week. I just never watched the Boreana stuff. I'm going on a tangent. Oh, Bones was Bones was weird, but very watchable. I watched like the first season. 
quirky characters. Then when when they got to drones, I was like, dro- killing by drone. I was like, <laughs> I'm out. Um. All right. So I don't want to go over every single detail. Th- yeah. Th- okay. So, so we have this. Her dad's a preacher. Yeah. Veronica goes and investigates the uh, the uh, the abortion clinic, mm-hmm. and she also investigates the the uh, what do you call it the um, ministry mm-hmm. of her dad. And she decides that maybe the CFO. You know why should why does a ministry have a CFO? Right. That doesn't seem right. And so she thinks it could be him. She also thinks it could be Dick because. Dick said, uh, do a paternity test. Right. <laughs> Which, idiot. Classic Dick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Living up to his name mm-hmm. again. Um, yeah, there are a few things, there, there are a few things in this I, I enjoyed. One was, um, the preacher. Uh, this is a, like a, a veteran character actor named Chris Ellis. He's a, that guy for sure. He's. Oh yeah. You've seen him in a million things. Dark Knight Rises, Sarah Connor Chronicles, X-Files, Millennium, uh, Apollo 13, Armageddon. Like he's just, his IMDb is great. And I thought the scene where, um, it was, it was nice how they like took a moment to really talk about the tragedy of, uh, you know, a father, who had like, oh man, like went through this whole thing about his daughter being pregnant and, you know, making the decision because he seems to be a, a good godly person that, um, you know, he's, th- th- it's a blessing. He's going to love this child. This is the, you know, it's just not what yeah, I wanted now, but you know, God's decided to give it to me now. A yeah. He's very, he's earnest and honest and he's, um, he's, uh, what, what am I trying to say? He's, um, real. <laughs> he's, uh. What am I trying to say? Even though Veronica doesn't, tr- you right. know, I don't. She doesn't trust a televangelist. Well, of course, you know, and and it's and they kind of surround him in things that like we see the the luxury car with the God's love on there, and then we meet Thurman, who is like immediately like, well, you know, if your skirt's long enough, you could probably uh, uh, talk to him, and and you know, him being this whole CFO and all this stuff. So, but in the in the center of it all, this guy is actually a, a pretty, pretty sweet, pretty sweet, sweet old man. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, that and again, the Chris Ellis, you know, seems to be a veteran character actor, and they gave him the scene where um, he starts choking up about it, and Veronica takes his hand, and is like really a sweet scene, you know. Well, and it really pays off. Emotionally, when she makes the decision to not do, to not go through with the vengeful, retaliatory act yeah. that she was planning. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I also like that um, when um, Keith and Veronica go to the Good Word press offices, their uh, aliases are Carson Drew and Nancy. <laughs> 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 oh, actually, before that, um, when Keith is super upset because Veronica's picture was taken outside this clinic and he's, you know, mm-hmm. like, why, why didn't you tell me anything? The promo for this episode apparently, uh, was edited together to make it look like, uh, uh, Veronica was pregnant. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. She's like, it didn't even down. It looked, it took her like several seconds for her to realize what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't down on her that he might think that she was going to the clinic for herself. Um, oh yeah, and Bonnie's an archaeologist, is dreaming of archaeology. 
I do like that Bonnie tells her roommate to go to hell, though. That was pretty pretty sweet to to tell her right in front of the reverend there. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, made it extra meaningful. Yeah. And yeah, so the reverend tells her in this voiceover to be forgiving. Anger will tear you apart, your soul, and it kind of plays into this next part. So why don't I mm-hmm. why don't we talk about this? And I called it Veronica is going mad. Um, we start off with a we th- we don't know it, but it's a dream sequence. Uh, Veronica waking up with Logan, and he's all bare chested. And uh, and uh, is she bare chested? I think she doesn't have a right. She has, she puts on a, a. She gets up and puts her clothes, puts her clothes on, on and turns around to see Madison on top of him. Because I wrote, she wakes up with Logan, comma bare chested, and then I wrote hot, and I'm like, wait a second, was I talking about <laughs> Logan or was I talking about? <laughs> Yeah, and she wanders out in the balcony, and it's—I it, think it was pretty good uh, special effects here, where she's suddenly in Aspen. She's looking around; it's the mountains all around. You know, it's probably all mm-hmm. like green screen, but yeah, she's just so preoccupied with this, with the all the details of, mm-hmm. and imagining uh, Logan and Madison together in Aspen. So she finally confronts him, and he says he didn't tell her because um, she has baggage with Madison, and reminds her we were on a break, uh, which is you know apparently something from Friends. Um, I mean, he doesn't say that to her specifically, but I wrote that down because I know that's heavy in the pop culture. Um, the kids love Friends. Um, Do they? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Um, our our friends at TV Time they do a um, like a I think a weekly or even a daily like what's big on their app you know what people are streaming and talking about and almost always mm-hmm. like Friends is up there within the top five wow just people streaming it on Netflix you know I think another big one is like The Office you know it's just one of those shows people just start over yeah over The again. Office just right it's just it will never die yeah. um. So, yeah, we have this tearful thing where, you know, she says the only way to help her is if he can make it not true. And she's not going to be able to get Mm. past this. And I'm like, you bastard writers. (laughs) Oh, that's the part where he's dressed up for a date and she just comes in with jeans and confronts him about Madison and. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit of trivia I, I got from the internets. The scene which Ro- Veronica rebuffs Logan for sleeping with Madison over winter break was a subject of continuing debate in the writer's room about Veronica's character. Specifically, Enbaum and Clemmer, two writers for the episode, thought that Veronica should be less mistrustful, paranoid, and jealous. While executive producers Rob Thomas and Diane Ruggiero advocated for these traits in Veronica. Rob Thomas illustrated their creative differences by saying he enjoyed the film Chasing Amy, while Embaum did not. <laughs> Rob Thomas drew inspiration for his point of view about Veronica's character from his own life, saying, I've sort of gotten past this, but I've certainly lived in that space for a long time. Okay, so yeah, that Chasing Amy, that's back to the last episode mm. with Max. That's, uh, oh, you're so hot, but oh... I'm mad at you for your past right. and it's all my hangups mm-hmm. and it's nothing. It's not you, but it's all my, it's all me, all my hangups. But okay. I see the point where Veronica was like, trust me. I'm going to be cool with it. Yeah. Just tell me all about it. I'm going to be the cool girlfriend. And so she should be cool with it, but it's Madison, it's Madison. and it, and it brings up everything from season one and season two. It just brings, Th- that's good that it brings, um, you know, it's just the whole, the whole series is involved in Madison and 
the Rufy drink and the rape mm-hmm. and the oh yeah it's it's, par- it's the party at it's part of her story it is it is never going to go away it is deeply embedded in in her um and probably yeah, dictates you know affects a lot of how she yeah such a defining moment yeah. such an important moment in her life yeah but I like how you brought so, that up because yeah it's again I I wonder if they're like you know they set up a little low ball here with Max and Wendy and how. You know, we think he's kind of like a petty for not getting past it, but I don't know. Wendy being a, a prostitute and having a past is not the same thing as Logan uh, having a cheating in line. Well, he didn't cheat; they were on a break, but still sleeping with somebody oh, yeah. that she, you know she he knows Veronica would lose. Like that's why he didn't tell her because he knows that it's the worst person in the world. He should have just not have done it. I mean, he knows. Well yeah. enough not to do it, <laughs> like, and that's where I'm just like shaking my fist at. Apparently, I'm because shaking also, it at Rob Thomas and uh, Dan Ruggiero because, well, <laughs> but not only did he hurt Veronica with the act, but he also made Dick upset. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it's definitely not the same thing. <laughs> it's not the same thing, but you know, to hurt Dick's feelings, that's something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But again, it, there's one thing where it's like, oh, that was my ex-girlfriend from high school or the girl that I was always pursuing in high school uh, compared to that girl stands for all the terrible things. that ever had. And maybe maybe Veronica should – I don't know. I don't want to say get over it, but it was like – I don't – she didn't – They she were didn't, on a break. She, no, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I mean and I'm talking about like Shelley Pomeroy's party. Like uh-huh. Madison didn't intentionally roofie her. You know, she she didn't cause Beaver to rape Veronica. It's just she was the she was the match that set the whatever the dominoes going. And she's always been this heartless, evil bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And she's always been portrayed that way. So I don't know. Anyway, she's never had an ounce of pity for Veronica. And, you know, and. I'm assuming at this point that Madison would know. I can't remember how big the rape story got with Veronica. Anyway, we're rambling. <laughs> yeah, I just remember in season two, uh, Madison offered, offered Gia a drink and Veronica stepped in yes. to stop that. Right. But, it, you know, she stepped in to stop that because Madison spits and drinks and it's gross. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That she is wasn't about so to roofy. Get ready. <laughs> she yeah. drink. Get smurfed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Investigating Mars. Uh, it's a Veronica Mars podcast uh, that uh, introduced uh, Veronica Mars to uh, newbies. And I believe it's still out there if you want to check it out. There's also a lot of other Veronica Mars podcasts we um, I should shout out sometime. I know one of them. Uh, Neptune Rising. Neptune Rising. I don't think they're a podcast. They're like a fan site. Uh, oh. Veronica's Marshmallows is one. Um, and they have been getting um, some uh, interviews as well. They've gotten um, Percy Daggs, uh, Wallace, and they've also gotten oh. Weevil um, on the show. So, oh. yeah, really cool. If I If I only like, I don't know. I mean, maybe during the revival, I'll start like going, hey, come on our show. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so busy. Um, I hope you guys can settle for us just chatting. (laughs) Uh, All right. So uh, uh, Veronica then starts to stalk Madison. She uh, coming out of the spa, bringing her laundry home, getting a new Mercedes and on the license plate. Oh, it says, got mine. 
Ugh. I like the little funny aside where she uh, she's like, oh, that reminds me. I got to get Mac a present. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They share a birthday. Um, since we've already seen this, I can spoil um, that scene where uh, Madison is getting her car for her birthday. It, uh-huh. It's the last time we see her. So. Ah, oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I wonder if she'll be in the movie. We'll see. It'll be coming in a couple weeks. Um, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to rewatching it. I haven't seen it since it originally came out, but I've had it on Blu-ray. I just never really gone back to it. Well, I've got it on the DVR, and I watched part of it, and uh, <gasps> I didn't remember any of the characters. And they were like, "Well, this character, this is doing this, and that <laughs> character that." Doing. And I'm like, "I don't remember who that is." <laughs> and so now I can't wait to go back and watch it. Exactly. Like, oh, yes. Shelly Pomeroy. Oh, Madison Sinclair. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Gia. Uh, yeah, I remember watching the movie and being like, oh, "That person looks familiar." <laughs> yeah, I know that's an important person, but I can't uh, remember. It's been a while since so I actually watched the show. Um, all right, so yeah, Dick is very sarcastic when Veronica talks to him, so she does bludgeon him with the Madison info. So he confronts Logan on the uncoolness of doing that to a buddy, and then tells him that yeah. lying here in the dark is just pathetic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Veronica asks Weevil to crush, steal, and crush Madison's car. Um. And Weevil's like, sure, I'll give you the, give you the, you know, charges her five hundred dollars. Um, and the friends and family, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but Weevil steals a car. That's, yeah, uh, Grand Theft Auto. Weevil. Um, yeah. For Veronica. This is, uh, yeah, exactly. He's supposed to be straightened up. He's on probation, right? So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just for Veronica to later be like, don't crush the car. Also, just like drop it off. Put some tuna Put some tuna in the air. Yeah, vent. drop it off down the street from her house. It's like, what if he gets seen? Like who? Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Logan leaves a voicemail for Veronica. It is just like bellowing at her. Everyone's a sinner. Judge not yourself or whatever. And then after he just calms down, he says he's really sorry. So sorry. And he loves her. And of course, Veronica listens to just the beginning of the voicemail and deletes it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, oh, that was that was heartbreaking. Like, what if she listened to the oh. whole thing? Would she have run over to the Neptune Grand and jumped into his arms and and he shut the door with his foot again? <laughs> or what? no, because no, the because Rob Thomas and Dan Ruggiero, I believe, are evil people that um, only want to hurt us. <laughs> At least when it comes to um, hashtag love. Um, so, uh, yeah, we kind of end this episode with Weevil telling, uh, Veronica, you're going soft Mars, but yeah, she's learned her lesson from, uh, oh, cause the, she went to church. Reverend. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, so speaking of TV time, I do want to remind people to check that out, go to tvtime.com for that and get that app and you can, uh, you can stream our podcast from there and, uh, chat with people about all your favorite shows and also check out tvtalk.fm. And that's a network of podcasts that we're on. There's other fun podcasts for you to check out there. And we should next talk about Post Game Mortem, written by Joe Voci. I don't really recognize this name. I think he writes like one other episode of the season. That's it. But um, Keith and Veronica investigate the death of a basketball coach and get sidetracked for more investigating of the Dean's murder while Logan babysits. So, <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, more Dean's murder stuff. Um, 
So Keith tells Mindy about the knowing about the eggshell, and she doesn't. She can't explain. She just knows what she knows, and she and um, and so uh, so she says that she did leave to go get him some toothpaste, and he's like, "What brand toothpaste?" So he calls Landry while being while on speakerphone while Mindy sits there and, and does corroborate the story that you know she got him toothpaste, and she mm-hmm. insists that he's to stay on the case, you know. So he goes to the Neptune Grand. Apparently, he's got a, a guy there that he talks to about Veronica. <laughs> <laughs> that was cute. Uh, no footage from the night of the Dean's murder, of course. Uh, but they, he does have a buddy in valet. Um, so he learns that someone did take the Volvo out. Volvo out during the when the when the gunshot went off during that time. And Veronica then goes to talk to that girl who is all friendly with Logan. And she says that they mm-hmm. rented Kiss Kiss Bang Bang around 2.02 a.m. Mm-hmm. And, okay, this all got confusing because I was getting the cases mixed uh-huh, up. That's why I, I like, write them out this way. <laughs> I was like, now, are we talking about, which couple are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so. So we talked. And then they realized, she realized that there was a Clippers game on and it. Everything was broadcast later, oh, no, so that's the, the time episode. was later. That's the next episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, so Jeff Ratner works there, and he said that he heard a, a So he a didn't get fired for stealing all the toiletries? No, I guess he has to work midnight shifts. Uh, uh, that's his punishment. And he says he heard two men arguing in that room. And so, so Veronica then corroborates the whole kiss kiss bang bang story with the dean or not the dean with with landry and uh he uh, she says something about robert downey jr dying in that movie and he said no no he lives through the movie so spoilers for kiss kiss bang bang it is an awesome movie um have you seen it yes great movie so shane black mm-hmm. so uh it turns out the the dean wrote veronica a really nice letter and that was sweet. Yeah. That was a great. Um, uh, what is it? A uh, recommendation letter. Yeah. Yeah, a recommendation for the CIA, uh, FBI, FBI yeah. um, internship. So I love how Keith's like, okay, well, let's honor him by putting his killer behind bars. And so Keith asks Mindy about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and she's like, uh, it's a movie. <laughs> And uh, then he asks about the Volvo and the men arguing, and Mindy's like, "No, somebody is framing me." And uh, that's when he's like, "I don't believe you." And so Mindy tries firing him, but he says he's staying on the case. I liked your husband. It's a good Keith moment. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get uh, sidetracked here into Logan in uh, Dumpsville um, and how he's pulling it together here. Um, so we find out that he is—he's—he's he's not going to not class. Going to class. And he's keeping all the plates in silverware, and he keeps screaming, "Drop it outside!" Yeah, uh, the hotel is running out of salt and pepper shakers. <laughs> so Dick locks him out in the balcony. <laughs> Did you hear about the fire in Veronica's neighborhood? The meth lab, a meth lab blew up. You can see it from your balcony because <laughs> uh, she lives on the other side of the tracks. So, um, so he says he's gonna, He's got this hot girl, uh, Melinda. Who has a sister and they're, they're gonna come over and uh you know, and Logan's like, I'm not interested. But later on, 
Dick shows lets girlfriend Melinda, and it turns out her sister is a little sister, and her name is Heather, and she is played by Juliet Goglia. It's weird to look at the IMDb page now because she's gruff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was on the Michael J. Fox show, the the short lived uh, sitcom. Starring him and Betsy Brandt, she was the daughter in that, and she was also a young Emma Stone in Easy A. Oh yeah! yeah. So I love when they, Dick lets them in, and he and Logan's like, "Which one's yours?" <laughs> uh, so yeah, Logan gets uh, left with Heather because uh, Dick and Melinda are just going to go to a party on the beach. No biggie. So he just gives her the remote and goes to bed. Um, he wakes up. Heather's still there. Dick and Melinda are in Vegas. I'm in love. <laughs> you know what's gonna happen. <laughs> Logan is super mad, and then like Dick, Dick just like pulls the Madison card out. So Logan has to be patient. So he and Heather play Super Mario Kart. Uh, Heather is like, "Your life is so awesome," and they argue over ice cream. This whole Amy's reference, I guess, is an Austin ice cream place, not an actual um, San Diego thing. So okay. Amy's is the best of it, I guess. Um, so yeah, she's, she figures out that he's sad over a girl. So I love it. Like it gets to nighttime and uh, Dick calls and says he's, this is the next day. Dick, Dick calls and says he's married. And then Heather's about to leave. She's like, Oh, a guy I met online. is going to take me out for ice cream. <laughs> <He's> like, <"What?" laughs> um, I just love this, this little girl. She's so smart, you know? Yeah, I mean, it was very entertaining. Yeah. Um, you know, you think, oh, a whole episode where Logan has to entertain a little girl. But, I mean, it was, she was very, uh, uh, I can't think of words today. She she realized what was going on, that he was heartbroken over a girl. He, she saw our picture. Mm-hmm. She tried to get him out of bed uh, by playing video games, trying to get him to go outside to go get ice cream. So, I mean... She wasn't just a stupid little kid. Yeah, she keeps prodding him, and then he finally says that, you know, there's no use. Veronica never called him back. You know, she's done with me. So Heather gets the wise idea of making a dedication to Veronica over the radio. Oh, that was smart. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the song, by the way, is by Nick Lachey. It's called What's Left of Me. Um, <laughs> uh, I feel like I've heard it. Put it on your hashtag love mix. Um <laughs> She and Veronica hears it uh, on the boom box in the Neptune Grand Kitchen and just turns it right off. <laughs> Ouch. But Heather's like, oh, she's going to love it. Wait. And then uh, Radner is like, I don't want, you don't want to see what's left of, of Logan. <laughs> yeah. I, have, I have to see what's left yeah. of him. <laughs> so, yeah, Jeff brings her uh, to the Rory Finch room and then they go back to the elevator and it opens and there's Logan disheveled in a robe. And there's Heather. And Veronica has to get on the elevator with and him. And Heather is wearing oh. Veronica's shirt. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's her. Tell her how you feel. <laughs> yeah, because Heather said, uh, uh, Logan, do you have any clothes, that, any small clothes <laughs> yeah. that fit me? Because I'm beginning to smell like you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Heather finally breaks down and tells Veronica how much Logan misses her and loves her. And Logan ushers her out of the elevator and then just kind of looks back in anguish and at Veronica as the door is closed. Um, so a little bit of trivia. Uh, Thomas Rob Thomas described the scene in which Veronica encounters Logan and Heather in the elevator as his favorite scene of the season. And it lived up to high expectations. He said, in writing this subplot, 
uh, they started with the scene and wrote it wrote backwards in order to make it fit with the rest of the episode's story. Oh, wow. Knowing the scene's importance to the writers, uh, Kretschmer, um, John Kretschmer, the director, used more lighting setups than would typically be used in an elevator scene. Uh, Rob Thomas also says he enjoyed Juliette Gugliel's performance in both the scene and the episode, referring to her as, quote, a star. Yeah, I mean, she was she she wasn't just a, a you know a typical kid actor. She was really good. Um, prior to this episode, Rob Thomas actually got a call from Jason Doring, who was really confused about the, his character's continual state of grief following his breakup with Veronica. Rob Thomas responded that that part of his character arc was all set up to this subplot involving Heather. So, oh. you know, it's kind of like the little girl's going to end up kind of redeeming him to find some sort of worth in his own life um, because he ends up going to class at the end of this episode and giving a teacher an apple. <laughs> but uh, we kind of skipped that. Uh, Logan yells at Heather. You don't know a single thing about love. You're 11. Um, Dick calls. He's, well, I got to have a divorce lawyer. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's that's hilarious. Yeah. You know, we're going to Vegas and you're like, they're going to end up married. They end up married. We got married. <laughs> uh, do you know what divorce lawyer? <laughs> <laughs> and she, so Logan gets on the phone with uh, Melinda, the sister, who says that Heather has been, you know, annoying like this, you know, like since her, their dad walked out and to make sure she takes her Prozac. So um, that was interesting because obviously the child doesn't seem to be needing Prozac or she needs like, I don't know, a project. <laughs> I don't know. Or or maybe the kid does know about heartache. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's probably what I should have gotten from that. You're good. Um, <laughs> so Logan takes her to get ice cream. And when they come back, he says they can play Mario Kart online together anytime. And she says, quit flirting with me, old man. I'm 11. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then earlier when, uh, when Logan gets off the phone with Dick, she was like, who's that? He was like, oh, it's just your brother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it turns out Dick and Melinda broke up because Melinda has freaky toes. And uh, <laughs> Logan gets a sweet hug from Heather before she leaves. And, yeah, like I said, he goes to, goes to class. All right. So the last part of this episode to talk about is the case of the coach because it does drag on to the next episode. Um, so we find out that Wallace is back on the basketball team. Um, and that he only quit for the first semester, which is, I guess, I guess you can do in college. I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, Mason is uh, Mason isn't really speaking to him because Wallace is starting. So I don't know if that's a dot dot dot, but you know Mason comes into play later uh, about having a, mm-hmm. a grudge. Well, Mason team, uh, uh, Mason seems kind of shady. Yeah, yeah, like he would do anything to play. Yeah, I I I still don't like him from the Eat and Evil episode of I Zombie. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have some baggage with this uh, this actor, uh, who's probably a, a nice guy in real life. He's <laughs> got beautiful eyes. Uh, Keith traps Veronica with breakfast, <laughs> which I thought was great. Um, let's see. So the coach is found dead. Um, they say he was murdered by the PCH. Well, he was murdered on that highway, not by the gang. Um, mm-hmm. Josh is accused, so he goes to. They go to Keith for help. And um, apparently Mason sees goes and it's Mason says he sees the son 
and the father on the beach together. Yeah, they were arguing. But then he later admits he just saw the back of Josh. And it could have been anybody. Also, it could have and been. It, was, it ended up being the it ended up being the assistant coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's in the next episode. Wow, oh, spoilers. Gosh, people are watching <laughs> along as they're listening to us. Um, Mel Stoltz is another one that comes out to be a, a suspect. And What is the deal with this guy? Like, I don't even know what – who is he, he? What's the deal with him? He owns Stoltz Industries, which probably um, produces something. Um <laughs> <laughs> and he's also he's very rich and he seems very shady and I thought he was David Zayas last week or he reminded me of David Zayas but it turns out he's an actor named Jeremy Roberts and I looked that up and I'm like how do I know this guy it's because uh, he was on Buffy of course uh, in heavy makeup he played Kikistos or better known <laughs> as Tokitos um, the guy that was coming after Faith in the episode Faith Hope and Trick or the Demon rather. <sighs> Yeah, he's from Birmingham. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we see we catch up with the PCH bikers. It looks like uh, Arturo the pizza mugger is now in charge. So that that whole oh, initiation yeah. paid off. <laughs> uh, they'd say they wouldn't kill somebody over a station wagon, and um, so so Mason. Yeah, what they do, they pull up to somebody like a BMW, and the guy just hands over hands over the keys. <laughs> yeah, because of the color of their skin, basically. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, Mason, Mason is telling Lamb that he, about you know how he saw the coach arguing with per, perhaps his son on the highway, and it's playing at the same time. Josh and Veronica are standing by the cliff, and there's danger music, and you think, oh god, this guy, this Josh is probably going to be a psycho and push her into the ocean, and it turns out not to be. Um, they kind of drive back to Josh's house, and Lamb is there waiting to arrest. So in jail, he says he asks for cookies. And um, so Veronica bakes cookies. Uh, Keith asked if she suffered a blow to the head, <laughs> which I thought was great. Um, so yeah, he gives her gives Josh cookies on the Count of Monte Cristo book, and it turns out um, they kind of help in his escape. And Lamb gets the satisfaction of walking into Veronica's criminology class and arresting her in front of everybody. <laughs> Which is just like a I mean, classic lamb move. He just loves doing that one. Uh, okay, you know that 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 was inevitable. That lamb was going to have to somehow arrest Veronica. But oh, really? Why? Because you knew the next episode is called Mars Bars. No, no, I mean, just it just kind of made either he was going to arrest her or he was going to arrest Keith. Right, right. Because the whole per- I mean, it would just thing. it would just it would just feel good. Like it would just be good drama. Yeah. But. She gave him cookies and like, how is that a a crime? That's not a crime. Well, we find out it helps him. Uh, He was allergic to the peanuts. I know, but she didn't know that. Right. But. um, Lamb's a jerk. Lamb's a jerk. And yeah. So the next episode is called Mars Bars. uh, Story by Phil Clemmer and John Embaum and Joe Voci and teleplay by Phil Clemmer and John Embaum. Keith and Veronica continue to investigate the coach and the Dean's deaths while Logan goes on a scavenger hunt. So we continue the coach thing. Um, Veronica just doing push-ups in the cell. Oh my gosh, that is so so funny. (laughs) The thug life tattoo with the My Little Pony. Yeah, and like her hair braided on the side to make it look like it's shaved, (laughs) make it look tough. It's like cornrows, right? Uh, Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) But uh, just 
everybody's reaction, you know, Keith's like, oh, I, I thought this would be more traumatic seeing this. <laughs> uh, Logan showing up and uh, taking the picture because, I mean, <laughs> a guy's point of view, I don't know what it is. She looks hot. <laughs> is it the bars? Is it the women in prison thing? I have no idea. Uh, the push-ups were doing it for me. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so uh, Vinny uh, shows his face in this episode <laughs> And I guess he was hired to see if the coach was cheating He was getting very friendly with a married lady In the parking lot According to him They were just talking it turns out um, Cliff shows up with Wallace To free Veronica And Lamb recognizes Wallace From the first episode of the series um, Where Lamb said He should go to the wizard and ask for some guts and he says that he did, and you're the only sheriff in America who the wizard considers a true friend of Dorothy. Yeah. So. Um. <sighs> that's kind of dated. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> Just like, hey, is that a gay joke? Is that uh, you? You're gay. I, I don't know. I don't. Uh, did did, did feel ha, very ha, good. Ha, you're gay. It's like, oh, it's it's it's. It's it's funny because it's an insult to him, but still, it's like oh, we don't we don't want to indulge in yeah. that. I don't and, know. And he doesn't he doesn't get it. He doesn't. He doesn't know. actually get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Josh shows up with Mason in his trunk, and uh, he has the gun that killed his dad. He says, and Veronica's like, no, it's a different caliber. And so Josh says he's got twenty thousand dollars in rare coins. He needs a fake ID. Get them out. And she promises to help. And so Josh runs and says, you know, they set up a meeting and Mason thanks her and then leaves. Um, Keith finds a gun in the freezer. Jo- uh, Veronica says, if Josh is guilty, why would he go after Mason? Mm. Oh, <laughs> why have you got the gun in the freezer? Because, uh, oh, yeah. what did she say? The quips yeah, like today, the, the quips in this episode. Yeah, I, I forget. So what, she wants to put, put the, somebody on ice or put, something. Put them on ice. Yeah. <laughs> then there was another one. Oh, so good. Uh, Keith digs more into this coach and this other woman. And, oh yeah, her husband's a navy captain, and he has a sidearm. It's a forty-five. And um, and then Lamb is interrogating uh, Steve Batondo. And oh, wait, that's a totally different case, isn't it? Ah, screwed that up. Um, I'm going to cut that out of these notes And put them in my other notes Not that it's going to matter After the next five minutes um, So yeah, Keith goes to the married woman She's a doctor He's got Kreutzfeld Jakob, Jakob disease And it was terminal And uh, he was going to suffer a lot And Keith finds out the wife took out life insurance And did a uh, double indemnity And it's the the thing is, if 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 his death is ruled an accident, um, the insurance actually pays out double. And what's strange here is that do you, did you you've seen the movie Double Double Indemnity? Indemnity, right? Yeah. Uh huh. Well, the wife and the b- boyfriend are setting up this murder to pay out the insurance double by making it look like an accident. But uh, <laughs> like in in this episode, they're saying, "Oh, a carjacking murder is considered an accident." <laughs> like. How is that <laughs> an accident? I, d- I don't quite understand the classification, but I don't I, know. how is murder an accident? I, I don't know. So, uh, so yeah, Veronica gets that fake ID for Josh. They go to the bank, and she's like, "Well, the co- if the coins are gone, that means his mother took them to hire a hitman." And it's kind of cross-cutting between Mrs. Barry, 
uh, saying, oh, I've got something to show you. And she goes and gets a gun and starts looking for Keith throughout the house. And um, he gets to drop on her. And it, it is a forty-five. It's a gun that um, the coach actually used uh, to kill himself, I think. The coach used a uh, – he was in Vietnam. Right. He had a gun from Vietnam. Right. But the uh, the husband of the woman that uh, Kim Marino saw him with was a Navy right. officer. And so they had the same caliber guns, but that was just a red herring. Yeah, a quinky dink. So Josh watches this video that was left for him and his with his coins, and the coach talks about how he does admit to suicide, and he talks about the disease, and he said he asked a dear friend to help him. And we see in the mirror there is a person, and it is Coach Yeager. It's a, a friend of the coach's uh, who looks like Josh. So Yeah, I think he was like the assistant coach or something. So, yeah, Keith is mad at Veronica because she pulls a Duncan. <laughs> she helps him escape to another country. Yeah, I mean, if he's innocent, why leave? But I guess he just didn't want to go to jail. Well, the thing is, he 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 wanted to collect on that money. Again, it's like... Oh, that's right. That's if right. If he just if- admits to what happened, shows them the video, he would get out of jail and everything would be okay. But instead, he'd rather have do what his dad wanted to do, which was provide for his family, Walter White. And, uh, <laughs> and well, you know, is going to have to uh, be living as uh, a fugitive for the rest of his life or what? Yeah. His family gets all the money and then he comes back. And then wh- like, wouldn't there be like, and then what they would have to pay the money. Yeah. Back. Wouldn't they get sued? I, I don't know. Who cares? I don't care. Scavenger hunt. Proceed. Time. Keep going. Oh, this was fun. Yeah. They do the – it's a Valentine's Day thing. There's math involved. Uh, so, yeah, Logan goes with Mac, who is still with Bronson, and we have Bronson in this episode, uh, and Parker. And they have to demonstrate Kama Sutra. They take embarrassing pictures with giant condoms. Uh, they go to the lifeguard station, and, uh, yeah, there's something in the ocean. So Parker strips and Logan joins. And, uh, wow, it's weird how, like, like her wig, nothing really happened with it. When she, yeah, she got she went swimming, and her wig didn't come yeah, off. And it got wet. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it seemed fine. Uh, it's a really good wig. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yet, Just like real hair. Yeah, it, it, the, the chemistry is picking up here. On the way back, Logan gives her her coat, his coat, and mm-hmm. then she gets the, gives him the coat back. And he's, you know, like, there's eye contact, there's interest. Um Meanwhile, uh, Mac invites Veronica. Sorry, Mac. <laughs> no, that's in my dream. Uh, Mac invites Bronson <laughs> to crash in uh, uh, her room, and later she says she meant uh, not crash, bang. <laughs> oh, she got her onomatopoeia mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. And uh, yeah, at that the end of the great. episode, we see um, Mopey Veronica spotting Logan eating lunch with Parker, and uh, you know, of course, freaking, of course. I'm mad. Anyway. Yeah. So. But, I mean, at least there's a purpose for Parker. (laughs) (laughs) She has, I don't know, she's got a great personality. I I like her. I like her more after this episode, for sure. Um, But. I can see how, I can see how Logan would be attracted to her. I don't know. She's a really pretty girl. Um, And she seems fun. mm -hmm. I don't know. He had sex with Madison Sinclair. So, I guess whatever, right? (laughs) He likes blondes. He likes blondes. That's it. It is a that is a that is a thing for him. Um, 
All right, so last part we have to talk about is the Dean's murder case. And um, there's a whole thing with Xanax and Mindy picking up Xanax because, I don't know, I forget. But Landry lectures Keith about this bug in his phone. And Keith didn't put the bug in the phone. Veronica says it wasn't him or it wasn't her. And Landry, like, shames Keith for making Veronica slum it with him. And stop probing. You're starting to piss me off. Which I thought was a good line. Uh, um, and yeah, it, it is kind of a like a moment. Like, you know, if Lantry is this innocent guy who, yeah, is sleeping with a married woman. But besides that, you know, he's a smart guy. He sees a lot of potential in Veronica. He wants her to do great going to the FBI. She's, you know, really wants to mentor her. Um, seeing that Keith is letting her work this case for him, you know, might look to an outsider like, wow, look at his dad just like having his, his, his daughter just, Ex- you know, work for, ex- he's exploiting her. He's yeah, using exploiting. Her. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, this is when, uh, Veronica finds out the Clippers game pushed the programming an hour later. And that's after Mindy's car was back at the hotel. Um, so uh, they go to Lamb. Who they talk to about the timing, and um, and that um, Sax ends up telling Lamb that the key, the fingerprints on the keyboard, um, in front, you know, on Lamb's computer was Steve Batando's. Keith is skeptical; is not sure if. Yeah, but still, yeah. Even you know, how does Steve Batando know about Veronica's paper? Right, right. Um, and maybe the two men that were arguing were Steve and Landry. That's what Veronica's mm-hmm. thinking. Lamb interrogates Steve. He says he's being set up. He wants a lawyer. Cliff shows up and says Lamb took Steve into custody in the wrong jurisdiction. So mm. Steve escapes because of Cliff. <laughs> uh, and so there's a break in at the Odell's. Lamb goes there. Keith's like, let me go, let me go. And he's like, nope, I got this. And he goes through the house, um, and yeah, in the upper bedroom, Steve is like ranting and raving, and Keith pulls up outside, and a gunshot goes off. Lamb basically shoots at his own reflection, like uh, mm-hmm. Barney Fife that he is. <laughs> and that's when Steve hits him with a bat and knocks him on the floor, and then like hits him on the floor like off frame while he's down mm-hmm. on the floor. So at first, you're like, that wasn't okay. So he's he's knocked unconscious. He's you know, but. I don't. I kind of paused it when they showed a close up of Lamb on the ground, and there was blood pooling uh-huh. behind his head. Uh huh. Um, so he got him pretty hard. Uh, Sack shows up and shoots. That's Steve. what I figured. I figured it was such a brutal blow that they couldn't show it. Yeah. Or they wanted you to imagine that it was a very brutal blow. Uh, Lamb wakes up and says he smells bread, and then passes out again. And uh, in her furnace room, Weevil finds bloody gloves, and the county commissioner calls, and Lamb's, it, it's it's announced that Lamb is dead. And it turns mm. out the gloves were a part of this bag, um, and that's when Mindy is brought into Sheriff Mars's office, and uh, there were bloody clothes, and it's got the ingredient embossed uh, HRL, Hank R. Landry. I want to cry. <laughs> Why? I mean, because Keith's finally mayor, uh, mayor. Keith's finally sheriff again. Oh, I thought you were going to cry over Lamb's death. You're not upset. No, I mean, <laughs> I mean the thing about Lamb, he he finally he did something heroic. Mm-hmm. 
And I guess. he did listen. He listened to. <laughs> he Key. didn't save anybody. He charged into a room with a gun and shot his own <laughs> at his reflection. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. You know. He's doing. He's doing his job, I guess. Yeah. I have all sorts of trivia about Lamb's death. Okay. Uh, Michael Muni. Uh, I, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Muni. Uh, mm-hmm. Did not know about his character's death until receiving the script for this episode. <laughs> this is a guy who is a regular on a TV show. <laughs> it's just like, oh, no, imagine. But I guess that's that's the biz, huh? Um, so this is roughly six weeks before the episode's airing and during filming. Oh, my God. Um, Muni did not know the rationale for killing the character. But when he found out, he stated, I felt like a piece of me was dying as well. He also stated that he was also heartbroken because he'd grown attached to the character over the course of the three years playing him. He was surprised over the writing decision. And I mean, I can, you know, okay, it's time. Even, okay, say the show went on another season or two. Okay, it's fine that that we move on and we get another, a different character. I think, I think he was a great Sheriff Lamb. Uh-huh. I think he was very, it was something fresh and new. Like you would you know, it was just not the typical. You, you would expect it to be an older character, yeah. probably not somebody so young and hot. And he pl- he played him well. He didn't play him like an idiot. He didn't play him cartoony. He played him. Um, I mean, he was a great character. That was a great character. It, yeah, I, I liked. I liked. He he was kind of wild, you know. Um, it did get laughable how terrible he was at his job. I mean, I, I have no idea how he kept his job or how he, you know, but. Um, okay, so because this crew shoots scenes out of order, the last scene that Muni filmed was the one in which Keith offers to help Lamb uh, investigate the break in. He says he enjoyed acting with Richard Grieco. He said that he's very approachable. He was also pleased with the, the character send off, saying it was appropriate. He wished he had more time to say farewells to each cast and crew member individually. Lamb's last words, I smell bread, was a reference to a minor character death on MASH. He hmm. said it was a in-joke among the crew and that the words had no significance within the borders of Neptune. However, Muni thought of it as his character's last burst of sarcasm. Uh, the reveal of Sheriff Lamb's death was not leaked anywhere online prior to the airing of Mars Bars. Uh, Muni was very happy about that. He said the surprise was the best part and that he disliked it when mm-hmm. spoilers from other series were released early. After the episode's mm-hmm. initial airing, Muni reported that his inbox was flooded with emails from press seeking interviews stating that new messages came after the airing in the United States – in each of the United States time zone. <laughs> So it's like bloop, East Coast, bloop, um, Central Time. Some fans were upset about his death, and debate occurred online. However, Muni also received messages of support for the character, commenting, "It's nice to know he will be missed." And yeah, I mean, I have affection for the character, mm-hmm. even though he's, you know, he was. I mean, he was a great uh, foil for. Keith. I really would have preferred if Keith got his old job back and Lamb was reduced back to deputy again, you know? Yeah, I mean, that would have have been great. Because what I like, I like this whole sex thing where you get this feeling where he feels loyalty toward Keith. Just barely, just just barely. It's just barely there where he feels loyalty toward Keith and I would have liked it if just... yeah, yeah. Um, I would like to remember that episode um, where Lamb and Keith have to work together and they go investigate. Mm-hmm. Um, 
my brain is something. Yeah, the hotel room and yeah, um, Aaron Paul's that's Aaron Paul's hotel. Room. Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, there's just their difference. In, like it would have been interesting to see uh, Liam maybe. Um, I don't know, still have that sarcastic side, but also learn to respect Keith after being forced to work mm-hmm. with him and for him again. I don't know. Maybe that would never mm-hmm. happened, but we'll never know. All right. So uh, that's it for this week. Um, we have, we're going to be doing three episodes a week for the next two weeks. And then we're going to be doing the movie and play it again, Dick. So what are the next three episodes we're going to be talking about? Oh gosh. Let's see. <laughs> Papa's cabin. Uh huh. Uh, Un-American Graffiti and Debasement Tapes. Debasement Tapes. We'll be talking a lot about slapping the bass uh, when we talk about that episode. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, that's it for us. I hope everybody enjoyed um, the podcast. And uh, you have a great week, Steph. <laughs> you too. <I> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>